Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Bar humbug. What's the point of Christmas? That's my opening line. That's, that's, that's my title of my message. Um, bar humbug, where does it come from? It just dropped into my spirit yesterday. Uh, it's something like an expression of disgust and unbelief. Humbug refers to a fraud, an imposter, implying an element of justif- unjustified publicity, um, publicity and spectacle. It's unjustified, all this nonsense, decorations and party and enjoyment and celebration of our king. In modern usage, the word is most associated with Ebenezer Scrooge, a character created by Charles Dickens. Ebenezer Scrooge is the main character in Charles Dickens' 1843 novel, A Christmas Carol. He's a cold-hearted, tight-fisted, selfish man who despises Christmas and all things which engender happiness. His famous reference to Christmas is bar humbug, declaring Christmas to be a fraud. It's heard afresh every year, but and um, through the Christmas cow, which appears on stage and TV. Mr. Scrooge said it, said it in The Christmas Cow by Charles Dickens when someone said to him, Merry Christmas, he did not believe in Christmas and felt it was a waste of time and money spent on people. He was an odious man. I had to look up that word, odious. It means that he disliked people. Actually, do you want me to give you the real uh, meaning? It means he hates people. Odious means that you, you, you don't like people, but no, it means you hate people. And of course, we know the story, the transformation of Scrooge. Uh, he gets visited by three ghosts, help me. Um, one past Christmas, present Christmas, and future Christmas. He gets bothered by these uh, ghosts, and, uh, and he has a huge transformation of heart. Who's actually seen that in someone? And um, it's a beautiful thing when you see someone turn around like that. So if someone was to ask you what Christmas is about, I think we better have... Why are you celebrating Christmas? I think you better have good reason why all the celebration, why all this... Because some people say, it's nonsense. We shouldn't do it. And, uh, but I want to give you a good reason why we do do it. Do you want me to help you with that for a few moments? Kids doing okay? Weren't the kids great? They were fantastic. Let's have a look at the story. An angel, Gabriel, comes to the Virgin Mary and says to Mary, you're going to have a child, a very special child. Let's pick up the story in Luke 1.30. She's rather troubled. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. Remember, she's a virgin. I'll say it again. Do not be afraid, the angel says, Mary. You have found favor with God. Who wants favor in 2013 with God? Who wants favor with God? Who wants favor? Come on. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of God, Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom 
will never end. So, great big announcement from heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, is coming. Get ready. That's got to be good news. Because something's going to happen by the visitation of this promise. So, let's just... Joseph is engaged to Mary. And um, Joseph now is really in a quandary. He's wondering, oh my God, I mean... You're going to have a baby. I mean, but how's that going to look? Maybe I need to walk out of this, but if I do, your reputation will be spoiled. He's in a quandary. He's troubled. He's a good man. Joseph is a good man. Let's pick up the story in Matthew 1.20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. Amen. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sin. Of course in that time there was Caesar Augustus. He's a master bookkeeper. He's a bit like Moira. But no, he's, he's, a, he's a bookkeeper of all the people that are on the planet. And he calls a census. He wants everyone to go back to their uh, town of birth and he wants them to register their names so that they can tax these people for their own ill-gotten gain. Not for roads, not for anything else, but for the Romans. It's a very oppressive time. And so now they need to go from the outskirts of this town, this town, little town, Nazareth of Galilee. They need to go from this town and they need to go because Joseph... His hometown is the township uh, of King David, actually, Bethlehem of Judea. Amen. And so Mary, the unfortunate thing is that Mary was actually, okay, so I need to give some reality to this. Uh, say we're in Wyong, say Wyong is Nazareth. Actually, the Bible says what good, good thing could come out of Nazareth. Do you know the Bible says that? What good thing could come out of Wyong, they may have said. But do you know what came out of Wyong? A church and a people of God, amen, that are rising and shining and doing quite well, thank you very much. And that actually says, what, what good thing could come out of Nazareth? The thing is, Mary is very pregnant and now they need to return to Bethlehem. So, okay, so we're in Nazareth, we're in Wyong. She needs to go past 120 miles to Bethlehem. It's 120 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem. She needs to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and, but it's about from here to, it's beyond Newcastle, 120 miles, guys, help me. Is it to Foster? About a Foster? Would you say Foster? Yeah. But the thing is, Mary was actually about two hours north of Foster, say Lauriton, two hours north, and she had actually traveled all the way back to Nazareth. And now the angel says, now, or, or the census said, we, we need you to get to where you come from and register. So here she is. She has to, with Joseph, she has to straddle a donkey. And I know on the Christmas cards, you see this mountain, palm tree, and the sun. But, and it's cute, and Mary's traveling side saddle but it's far different than that the road is rocky it's craggy by the way it's uphill and depending if they do eight hours or ten hours it takes between a week and two weeks to get there ladies 
So imagine being eight weeks pregnant. She's nearly gone. She's nearly done. And she's traveling, man. There's no hotels on the way, no air conditioning. You know what I'm saying? She's sweating. Her hair is not like Julie's. And uh, it's, it's all ratty like Julie's is when she goes away on holidays. And, uh, and, and, and Joseph, Joseph is doing his best to just give comfort to Mary. As soon as they turn up in Bethlehem, they realize she's nearly gone. Joseph's panicking. He needs to find a place to, for Mary to, to, to have a, a, a baby. And they go to this inn, it's full. They go to that inn, it's full. They go to this inn, it's full. They end up finding a stable. A stable is a place where the shepherds would cajole the, uh, the, the sheep into when there was a storm. I, you know what I'm saying? A, a stable is virtually a place where, like, uh, I guess the um, displaced would find uh, their bedding or the rejected would find their bedding. That's where Jesus ended up. That's where Mary and Joseph ended up. Boom. Jesus was born in a manger. What's a manger? It's an animal's trough. And it had straw in it. They found an animal's trough. An animal's trough. They found it. They put some straw in it. Jesus is born. Linen, strips of linen. Swaddling. Wrapped him up. Put him in a manger. Took a photo of him. <laughs> and there was God in a manger. Not in a fancy hotel. Imagine God. He could have chosen anywhere. But God chose this place, a lowly place, as Andrew said, a low place. That's why Jesus can sympathize with people in pain and people who have just are poverty stricken. Imagine this. They, why did Jesus come? Okay, I need to nail this. Um, earlier this year, this uh, story about this painting that was found, it was one of the masters, uh, Rembrandt, Rembrandt or whoever, Van Gogh or someone, but they found it, it was virtually in an attic, just imagine this, and they found it, but it had been painted over, painted over, and somehow one of these gurus realized, no, this is one of the master's works, had all this grime on it, and it had been painted over, it was a mess, but when they restored it, they found it actually was one of the masters. Can I have a photo of one of these examples? This was one of the examples, I guess. This is a, a, a painting from the 15th century. It was found. They restored it. It was a mess. I wish I had the before, but this is the after photo. I'm talking about restoration, and I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus came to restore the image of humanity. Over hundreds and hundreds of years of us being banged up by sin and darkness, God had to come and restore His image in His people. You like this, Katrina? Jesus actually had to come and do a clean-up job. This painting, or that painting, has actually been cleaned up in a very special way. You can leave that up. God bless you. Yeah, That painting has actually been cleaned up with people with magnifying glasses, people have been to university, people are very specialized in cleaning this painting up. 
and the picture, oh my God, is that another one or did that, is that the same? Did that change? Oh, that's the cleanup one. Oh my goodness. We do have, thank you very much. Good surprise. I'm, I'm enjoying this. This is the before. Okay, so that's the before and the after. That's the after, before, sorry. And the before is, ah, it's exactly the same with our Lord and Savior. He has come to clean up humanity. I love this. I love this. So Jesus came to, beginning, to begin the cleaning process in his own character. He showed us what God is like and what we're intended to be and what we might become. In his life, he healed the sick and banished spiritual forces of evil, repainting the world so it reflected the original intention. People who listened to the teachings of Jesus said, no man ever spoke like this man. His personality and character matched the remarkable nature of his teachings. Jesus had a great sense of humor and laughed, yet was known as a man of sorrows. He played with children and took babies in his arms, yet the most hard and cruel man withered beneath his glare. He was known as a man of compassion and love, yet people quaked before his anger. He was a man of courage and strength, yet his whole life spoke of humility. He combined patience with power. He taught us how we should live our lives, how we should deal with our anxieties, our problems, our worries, our needs. He revealed to us the perfect path to take. Do you like this? This is our Lord and Savior. Jesus talked about normal things. He talked about weddings and funerals, children playing, money lost, a neighbor who'd run out of food, unexpected guests. Who likes unexpected guests? He spoke about the flowers of the field, the birds of the air, bread, fish, clothes, Jesus dealt with life. He cared for others, whatever their need. He accepted others, whatever their background or race. He touched the untouchable, the lepers in society. He treated women, women with courtesy and encouraged their own self-worth because they were in a culture where they were being subordinated by men. Jesus recognized the worth of each person. He had compassion when they were hurting. He touched those suffering with fever, leprosy, and epilepsy. He gave mobility to paralytics, paraplegics, sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, speech to the mute. He restored withered limbs, diseased organs, degenerating spines. He cured hemorrhages and skin sores. He did all this to restore creation to the one who made it. And he wanted to make clear to us what God is like. I love this stuff. He does this because he cares. He is concerned about the evil in the world. In the person of Jesus, God got involved with the battle of darkness of the evil in the world. In the person of Jesus, God got involved and showed that he doesn't just stand by while we suffer. And it is from Jesus we learn that no person stands higher than when he or she stops to serve his self-sacrifice has motivated many throughout history to serve others. I need to say that again. And it is from Jesus we learn that no person stands higher than when he or she stops to serve. His self-sacrifice has motivated many throughout history to serve others. I want to thank you for all the people that serve this house, serve out in the community, serve this church and serve other churches and other organizations. You stand no higher. You stand higher than people that have everything. Jim Carrey, 
there was a, a Facebook update. Jim Carrey said, I wish everyone could be famous and rich and have all that they wanted because then they would know it's not the answer. It doesn't satisfy. Jim Carrey, who has everything, multi-millionaire, biggest house, lots of laughs. We love his humor, don't we? But you know what? He needs Jesus. Mother Teresa said, I have found the paradox that if, if I love until it hurts, then there is no hurt, but only more love. As I held and fed the morsel of life that was an aborted baby, as I held the hand of a man dying from cancer and felt his trust and gratitude, I could see, feel, and touch God's love, which has existed from the, from the, the very beginning. So how can we talk about God and how can we talk about you know, him coming and doing a great job when there's still so much suffering? How can we do that? How can you talk about to your workmates when the, the, that horrendous crime in the school classroom a couple of weeks ago, last week in fact? How can we talk about sweet Jesus? What can we do? We can join in the battle and stem the tide of darkness, friends. We can draw a line in the sand and begin to do a good work for God rather than just say, well, what's the use? And just go downstream. The gifts that were brought to Jesus, um, gold. Gold. Apparently gold is the best. God wants our best. The best of us is our heart. They, they, they brought him frankincense, which means prayer. Frankincense means to us, Communication with God. They brought him myrrh. Myrrh means a, a representation of death. It's what they used to use for the death and burial of people. The death and, bur death and burial of, of Jesus, myrrh represents forgiveness for us. Do you know what I'm saying? Our heart, gold, frankincense, prayer, communication with God. Myrrh, myrrh is a representation of his death. The gift to us for salvation, for forgiveness. The greatest need we have. You know, if, if God thought that pleasure might be it, he might have sent us a comedian. He, or if he thought technology could help us in this planet, he'd send a scientist maybe. But, but he, or if money was the answer, he'd send an economist. But God sent Jesus to forgive us. Because the greatest need we have is to be forgiven. The greatest need we have is to be forgiven. The greatest need we have, the greatest need Jim Carrey has is to be forgiven. Let's all stand. God bless you. Thank you, Father in heaven. Thank you. Dear God in heaven, we come before you. Thank you, Lord God, that a Savior has been born. Lots of turmoil in the world and even some people are doing it hard and there's a lot of yelling and scrapping around. And, um, but you know, just like Scrooge, it's all about the heart. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things, beyond cure. Who can understand it? 
The heart is the main problem on this planet. The heart that is straight away from God. Saying, I don't need God. I don't need His salvation. I don't need His love. I don't need Him. All the quarrels, all the depression, all the stuff out there. Because this becomes, Christmas can actually become a real tense time for a lot of people feeling the pressure. The pressure of trying to pull it all together. One of the key things we need is peace. But the Bible says, and this is why I love God, Isaiah 9.6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Father in heaven, we thank you for the gift of Christmas. We thank you for the gift that enables us to have a right relationship with God. Maybe today you're in the house with eyes closed right now. Maybe you're in the house and thinking, do you know what? I've lived a lot of years. I've got to get, I've got to, I've got to make peace with God. Maybe you think you're doing well, but if we were to see a video of you and you had your friends around of your whole life, if you were to die and you were to see a video of your whole life and your friends would be around you and you were to see your video of what you've done in life, would you be pleased with that? Because that's what God does. He forgives you of everything. He forgives you of everything you've done, everything you've said, and everything that's ever happened. He forgives you in a moment if you receive His forgiveness. Maybe this morning you just need this gift, a simple prayer. Maybe you're in the house, the house of God this morning. You're thinking, you know what? This is, this is probably the best Christmas present I could receive. The gift of salvation with eyes closed in the house. I'm going to count to three. And if you need this short prayer, I'm going to pray for you. Our time is gone. We're nearly finished. But I'd love to give you the free gift of salvation. I'd love to connect you to God so that you can pray to Him. So that you can know the smile of heaven is upon your life. If that's you, if you feel in your heart that you simply need to say, Lord, I, 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 want, to be, I want to be right with you. I want to be good with you. I, 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 I want to be able to walk the streets, walk my life and feel the smile of heaven on my life all the days of my life. Only forgiveness can do that. And Jesus can do it in a moment. If that's you, if you simply just want to become a Christian, you're not joining a church, you're not becoming religious, but you're coming back to the Lord, you're acknowledging Him and beginning a journey in God. You want to begin a journey. I don't want to get religious. No, you don't. You just want to begin a journey in God. Like Mary and Joseph on the way to Bethlehem. With the promise, there's a promise in Mary. She said, I've got to get this promise. I've got to get this promise. See, in Micah 5.2, it says that promise was destined to be born in Bethlehem. Jesus was destined to be born in Bethlehem. And God has a plan for you, my friend. God has a plan for you. And I believe it's to be saved. Ultimately, it's to be saved. So right now, if you've got a friend next to you and they're not understanding what's happening, just whisper to them right now that this is a... A two-minute opportunity for you to say yes to Jesus. We're going to say a prayer. You're going to be ushered in to the family of God. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to eradicate death and darkness and allow you to come into the family of God. If you want that this morning, I would love to pray for you. It would be such an honor. In 2012, 23rd of December, can be the day of your miracle. If you want this miracle of salvation, the Bible says if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that He was raised from the dead, you can be saved. If that's you this morning, if you need Jesus, 
If you want to go into 2013 with hope, with faith, with love, if you want that, please, let me just see your hand on the count of three. And everyone in the house is beginning to pray. And everyone in the house is praying for tonight too, for people to be saved tonight. Like right now this morning, God is just revealing himself in a powerful way. It's not bar humbug, it's true. Jesus came. Jesus is true. He came, he lives at the right hand of the Father, and he lives to intercede for you and I. Father God in heaven, I'm praying right now for every soul in this house. I'm praying for their salvation. I'm praying that they would be joined to you and accepted into the family of God. If that's you, on the count of three, one, two, three, just from the front to the back, if you want to lift your hand right now, if you want to receive this gift right now, there's one, probably two people, if that's you, if that's your friend next to you, just let them know what's happening right now. Our time is done. The service is nearly over. But please don't walk from this place without Jesus in your heart. Please don't walk from this place without the hope and the love of our God in your heart. If that's you, please, please say yes to Jesus. I'm appealing to you. I'm appealing to you this morning. Don't do another year without Jesus. Don't do another year without him being able to help you and bless you. Heal you, save you, set you free. Our Jesus, He loves you. He's the lover of your soul. He loves you. He loves you. If you've got a doubt of your salvation, please put your hand up now. I'd love to pray for you. If you just got a shadow of a doubt, you think you're saved, but you're not sure. Maybe you used to go to church, but now you haven't lately, but going to church doesn't make you a Christian, actually. Any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. It's you and Jesus, my friend. It's you and Jesus. You need him. He's praying for you. This is it. 15 seconds. This is it. There's, I just know in my heart there's one person. And do you know what? When that one person puts their hand up, the next person's going to put their hand up. So someone might be counting on you to get into heaven also. So if that's you, please be bold, be brave. Allow Jesus. Allow Jesus. Oh, just feel someone. Is it now? Is it tonight? Is it right now? Don't walk from this place without Jesus. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I'm just waiting. I've got to wait. I waited for I waited for five boys off the coast of Cogabana that were I was looking after them and they were drowning and I had to wait for half an hour for them to be brought in by the lifesavers. I don't mind doing a bit of waiting. I'll wait for people to come in from the back paddocks of life, to come in from the dorms of life. I'll wait. I'll wait. Jesus will wait for you. Jesus will wait for you. Dear God in heaven, Holy Spirit. hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.
spread your